Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Monday edition of Game Misconduct. I'm Don LaGreca. My apologies for Friday. I got a sinus infection. Yes, a fever, pink eye. It was a mess. I ended up not doing the Michael K show. We were supposed to do a remote. I probably would have been okay to do the show from home, but that doesn't make any sense when you have a remote. So I just slept all day Friday, hopped on a plane to Buffalo, did the pre and post for Rangers Sabres on Saturday, and I did the game yesterday between the Rangers and the Penguins. So still got a bit of a cough, but no fever. The pink eye's gone. The antibiotics worked. So I apologize for not having a Friday show, but still plenty to talk about today. We'll get to some of your tweets. No EJ today, unfortunately, because of the general manager's meetings. He's down there, so we'll hopefully catch up with him next week. But uh, wanted to talk about the Rangers-Penguins yesterday. Rangers do get a point, which helps for them holding off Pittsburgh for the three-seed Metropolitan Division. Now a six-point lead for the Rangers, but they do have two games to play. They're going to play Thursday and Saturday at the Garden. So back-to-back games between the Rangers and the Penguins. So the Rangers not out of the woods, fall into the wild card. If Pittsburgh were to win both those games clean, they can cut it to a two-point deficit with still 13 games left to play. So not out of the woods. Rangers did fight back. Um, Kreider missed an amazing wide-open net on the power play that would have tied the game, but he eventually ties the game in the third period, only to see Latang score in overtime. So a good job by the Penguins who get a win, and Jari was good. Uh, the Rangers flopping lines again, and it's really become a topic of conversation here about all the line shuffling that's been done. And the best line yesterday was the line that wasn't messed with, was the Mott, Goudreau, and VC line. It produced the first goal of the game, and I thought their best opportunities came there. And I just wonder, is continuity sometimes what's going to have to win the day here? Um, shuffled the lines against Buffalo, and it worked, and they won the game in overtime. Um, Kane playing with Heedle and Lafreniere for a while. Uh, then that got flip-flop when the Rangers were chasing a goal yesterday. And the organization seems somewhat sensitive about it, and Gallant will say every team shuffles lines, which is true. But I, I just wonder, would it make sense to just ride out lines, even if they're not producing, just to create the continuity? You've got Tarasenko's been here for about a month now. His game's starting to come along, but it took a while. He had never left St. Louis before. Now he's a Ranger and playing with different players. And then, of course, Kane never left Chicago until the trade a couple of weeks ago, and he's only played four games, and he's been on like three different lines in that span of time, is that even if it's not producing and the team is losing, does it make sense to just keep the lines together just so there can be some chemistry that can be built over time? Um, that would just be my question. Clearly, he wants to find the right combinations to see what he can settle in on, but it just seems like it, it settles in for a little while, and the second they get shut out or the second they need a goal, 
and I guess I guess coaches do feel like they want to be able to have a handle on what's going on and try to change things as they can. So it's not really a criticism, but it's just an observation of would it just be better? Here are our four lines, better or worse. We're going to play at least the next week with these lines and just hope we can build some continuity. They'll be better at the end of the week than they were in the beginning of the week and just kind of move forward from there. Because players and athletes in general are usually creatures of habit, and it might be just a good idea to know that you've got the same line mates for a consistent period of time um, because it just continues to happen. Trocek had a tremendous game, big hits on Malkin, which flipped out the Penguin crowd, loosening the puck up for Kreider to be able to get the game-tying goal. But at the end of the day, Panarin takes down Malkin, leading to the power play goal for Latang. So it's going to be fun down the stretch here with these games that the Rangers are going to play back-to-back against Pittsburgh if the Rangers can hold off and fall out of the wild card because catching New Jersey now is an impossibility. Uh, the Rangers have played the same amount of games as the Devils, 66, and they're 10 points back of New Jersey. New Jersey had a shutout win over Carolina by the final score of 3 to nothing. So they're tied in points, although Carolina does have a game in hand. Uh, Vanacek makes 32 saves in the win. We finally get to see Hughes, who scored a goal, is 37th. Brad had two. He now has 27 on the year. And I'm telling you, pick your poison if you're the Rangers, right? Like, who do you want to play in the first round, New Jersey or the Hurricanes? Now, they've beaten the Hurricanes the two times they played them this season. So the knee-jerk reaction would be that you want to face the Hurricanes. The Devil, on the other hand, are a team that's very inexperienced. But they've loaded up by getting Timo Meyer. They were able to keep Mercer. He's had a great season. Bratz had a great season. I, I tell you, the East, the East is loaded, man. I was just doing an interview up in Albany today. And we were discussing just about like what teams improve themselves the most. The best team in the league is Boston, and they improve themselves with the Bertuzzi deal, the Orloff deal, the Hathaway deal. You know, Toronto gets O'Reilly. That's a huge deal. The Devils get uh, get uh, Timo Meyer. Of course, the Rangers get Kane. If you go back to the Mikola and Tarasenko deal, Carolina gets Gostaspare. That was a good move for them. Uh, Pittsburgh, they were able to get uh, you know Grantland, which I think was a pretty decent move for them. Islanders didn't really do much unless you go back you know a couple of months to the Horvat deal so you look at the eight teams right now in the east Carolina's in first Devils having an amazing season Rangers went to the conference final last year Boston's going to win the president's trophy nobody's talking about Toronto because they're stuck behind Boston but Toronto is an outstanding team they've got 88 points a plus 48 goal differential Tampa nobody's talking about them they've got the best goaltender in the conference at least historically in Vasilevsky they've gone to the Stanley Cup final three straight years Two cups jingling and jangling recent vintage. All right. Pittsburgh, they never seem to get out of the first round, but you still have Malkin. You still have Crosby, who's having an amazing season. Latang has been very good. They put the band back together, and it's worked. I mean, the Islanders, Sorokin can steal a series for you if they can get Barzell back. Florida, still three points back. They've got a game in hand on the Islanders. They're still not out of it. So this, this Eastern Conference is just going to be tough. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So much better than I think than the West. 
you know, Vegas, very good. Dallas, very good. Colorado obviously won the Stanley Cup last year. But are any of these teams comparable to the teams that all the teams that I just mentioned in the East? Pretty good stuff. Uh, Boston actually loses a game 5-3 to three on national television. That was the first game of the doubleheader on TNT. Red Wings are cooked, but you could still see that Larkin's having an amazing year. They put up a four-spot Detroit, and Boston comes back to make it 4-3, only to lose on the empty netter. Uh, Golden Knights win on the road, as per usual, 5-3 over Boston. That's a big win for the Jets over the Lightning. 3-2 to two is the final score there. Uh, the difference in the game ended up being... Um, Barron's goal is 7th at 9.02 of the second period to give him a 3-1 lead. They only had 22 shots on goal, but did a good job in cashing in on those opportunities. So the Winnipeg Jets, as we sit in the Central Division, third place with 79 points, climb out of the wild card. Um, Colorado still looming with 78 points, so that's going to be a back and forth. Colorado three games in hand on Winnipeg, so... That was a nice win. But really, whether it's winning the division, whether it's finishing third in the division, or settling for the wild card, outside of home ice advantage, I don't think anybody's really got to worry about not making the playoffs of the playoffs teams in the Western Conference. Uh, Because the Flames did win over the Senators. We can put the Ottawa Senators to bed, I think, now with the Flames' victory. Predators win as well. So those are the two teams on the outside looking in, but they're five points back. Nashville's five points back at Colorado. Calgary also the same. Calgary trying to catch Seattle. That's not going to happen. They're eight points back at Seattle for third place in the Pacific Division, so they got to focus on um, the wild card. Say, now Nashville can try to ch- chase down Colorado. They can also see if they can chase down Winnipeg. Six points back of Winnipeg with three games in hand. So Nashville's still kind of lurking. But with their minus three goal differential, like, and I just don't think that Nashville is going to be that big of a threat. But those two teams still mathematically alive for a chance uh, to be able to make the playoffs. But that was a good win for the Predators in overtime over the Ducks. Ducks are a team you have to be able to beat to make the playoffs. And Novik gets the goal, his 12th of the season, a minute and 12 into overtime uh, to be able to win that one. Only three games on the docket tonight. Sabres and the Maple Leafs from Toronto. Maple Leafs or excuse me, the Sabres, a lot of work to do. They've got these games in hand. They've got 69 points, but now they see the deficit seven against the Islanders. Do have three games in hand, but even the games in hand don't help them. If they wanted to be able to catch third place Tampa, that's not going to happen. Tampa's got 84 points, 69 for Buffalo, so that's not going to happen even with the two games in hand. Washington still lurking around. They've only won four of their last ten, however. They're five points back with one game in hand on the Islanders. I'm beginning to think that really Florida is the only team that's got a chance. It's time maybe to put to bed Washington, Ottawa, Buffalo, and Detroit. And now as we get closer and closer to the uh, middle of March here, the Ides of March, it's looking like we are only got Florida, Nashville, and Calgary as the three teams on the outside looking in to make the playoffs. Um, that can still have a shot. All right, let's hear from you at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. Let's go to Derek, who says, what does the future look like for Joel Quinville in your view? In my view, he deserves a second chance. Well, I think everybody deserves a second chance. The question is, and we've talked about this a lot on game misconduct, when is enough enough? Like, what is the time where you could say, let's bring him in? I think it really depends on the team. That's why I thought when the Islanders were, or at least when we were having conversations about the Islanders possibly 
going, you know, ch- changing coaches with Lambert, would Lou Lamorello and the Islanders be a place for Quinville? Kind of the Islanders, a little low pri- profile as far as the press is concerned. Lou Lamorello, very respected general manager, might go down a little bit easier than maybe a neophyte general manager in a bigger market um, or a lot more attention on them doing it. Um, it that's that's interesting. Uh, I do think that his opportunity is going to come, but I don't think it's going to happen this offseason. My prediction's probably going to be if somebody gets fired early next year, Quinville could be the guy. Um, we'll have to see there. there there's, a, there's a lot of things in play. Like, what's going to happen in Philadelphia now with all the changes with Cliff Fletcher gone? You know, is that possibly a destination for Quinville? Again, a high-profile place, but... They get the right respected people in there. I know Daniel Briere is involved. Um, is that a place that Quinville can possibly go? He's going to coach again, guys, right? So we got to get over the whole idea that he's banned for life. Or at least I, I think so. So it's just a matter of timing. So I do think it's going to be sooner than later, but not immediately. Keegan says, oh, my sad Buffalo Sabres finding the annual banana peel wherever they can. Do you remember the last time a team that finished top five in goals per game completely missed the playoffs? Speaks to the strength of the East, but still, no, but that's it. I mean, that's that's the question. I mean, they, they are averaging 3.65 goals per game, and this is a team that's going to miss the playoffs. And the goaltending has been a major problem for them. They're a fun team. They're a wide-open team, but they're an undisciplined team. And that's what, at least what I was able to see watching the game live on Saturday, that they can they can bring it offensively, but it does come at the expense of a lot of opportunities the other way. They've got to learn the structure of how they can be a great offensive team, but it not come at the expense of odd man rushes the other way. Uh, Michael Silver says, should Gerard Gallant take on a more disciplinary approach to players who continue to force East-West hockey and turn the puck over? Michael, it's a tremendous question. Sometimes the Rangers get a little too Harlem Globetrotty for a better phrase, uh, lack of a better phrase, that, you know, these blind between-the-leg passes that are just, there's nobody open. Um, I think Galani spoke to it, that he wants his players to find some creativity. Some of it gets explained away by the fact that they um, don't have a lot of chemistry because of all the new players that have come over. But you, but you look around the league, Michael, if you pay attention, you do not see a lot of responsible passes. I don't know if there's a stat, I'm sure there is, of completion percentages for players. But I bet you it's down this year compared to other years. It just seems like for the sake of creativity, you see some of the dumbest passes in this league. And when they connect, it looks brilliant, and it makes Sports Center, and it makes all the highlight shows, and we're all hemming and hawing. But a lot of times, it just creates just a bad turnover. And I don't think the, the Rangers are the only ones that are guilty of that. <laughs> Yankees and Penguins says, Hey, Don, do you think that the eight playoff teams in the West – are decided already, yes. Um, Nashville and Calgary, as I mentioned, still have a chance, but I don't think either of those teams are consistent enough to do it. I think the eight teams are set in the West. All right, AZ Ranger says, Don, true or false, the Rangers are the third best team in the metro area. Now, that was something that was thrown out there by the New York Post's Hall of Fame, um, Hall of Fame writer Larry Brooks. I don't see where you can tell me that the Islanders are better than the Rangers. 
other than the way Sorokin has played this year. I guess that would be Larry's angle, that Igor's been a little inconsistent, not as good as he was last year, and that Sorokin, if he was to play the Rangers in a best-of-seven series, be the better goaltender and win. The Islanders had the better of the season series this year, so if you want to go on that angle, but you look at the talent up and down on this team, I'm telling you, they got 16 games left. Let's see the chemistry start to build. But a team with Kane and Tarasenko and Kreider and Zabanajad and Panarin and Truba and Miller and Fox, the Islanders are not better. Now, the Devils, I mean, you can make the case. The Devils are having an amazing season. I would not put their goaltending up there with Sorokin or Shesterkin. I would say the Devils have the third best goaltending of the three. But you take a look at the standings, right? It's Devils, Rangers, and Islanders. And the Islanders haven't even solidified a playoff spot yet. So I think that's... Listen, Larry's a class act. He's not doing things to to create clicks, although I do think he likes to stir the pot a bit. I don't think he ever says something that he doesn't feel. But I would say that he would probably look deeper at the roster and say the Rangers are much better. But Sorokin can be an X-factor because I think he's been the best goaltender in New York so far this year. Uh, Jimmy Berger says, Did the Hurricanes do enough at the deadline to keep up with the rest of the East? I've only watched them a handful of times this season, but want to know your thoughts on the eye test when you watch them. Well, the eye test told me that they could have used the center. Uh, Easier said than done. Um, They do not like, that organization does not like to give up draft picks. And when you look at the picks that were thrown around at the deadline, tells you that they were not going to be able to keep up with the Joneses with that philosophy. Um, They didn't do a lot. And the Devils did. And the Rangers did. And if you count Horvat with the Islanders, they did. You know, and Toronto did. And Boston did. So, but Carolina's been a consistent playoff team. They didn't need a lot to begin with. Maybe a center. But again, you just don't go to the NHL store and buy a center. Uh, But uh, yeah, maybe a little bit more would have been um, fruitful. So we'll see there. Joseph says, um, when do we begin to get worried about the Rangers? Their defense has been horrendous. Joseph, uh, it's again, it's just a bad turnovers. I, I don't think they're awful defensively. It's not like they're giving up a ton of goals. Um, and let's also not forget that they're, they're playing without Ryan Lindgren. You know, seven straight games without Ryan Lindgren. They have not been whole for a while now. Now, is Ryan Lindgren, you know, a Norris Trophy candidate? No, but he makes for an excellent pairing with Fox. Now, I think Mikola's has done a great job filling in for Lindgren, but you are missing your probably second best defenseman. He's, he's, your, he's your first pair defenseman with Fox. And again, Mikola, you don't miss that much of a step, but I'd like to see this team whole. If you've got a defensive pairings, and hopefully Lindgren will play tomorrow against Washington, um, you'll get Lindgren and Fox back, Miller and Truba, and then you can have Har- then you can have Mikola play with um, Schneider. You're you're doing well, and with Harper being your seventh defenseman. So let's not forget that is a pretty significant piece that is missing. Um, so let's not forget that. That's very very important. So we'll try to get EJ back again next Monday. We'll be back with you on Wednesday. I'll have the call of the Rangers and the Capitals for Madison Square Garden tomorrow. That game can be heard on 10.50 a.m. with coverage beginning at 6.30 and 7 o'clock will be the face-off. So looking forward to doing that with Dave Maloney. So if you want to get in touch with me, best way to do that is at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. And again, my apologies for what happened on Friday, but hey, health sometimes gets in the way. When you become an old man, don't get old. That would be my advice to everybody. Don't get old because all of a sudden colds become sinus infections and... 
especially when you have the combination of a 55-year-old man with five-year-old twins and all the germs that they bring into the house. It's lucky I'm able to stand on two feet most days. But So that's going to happen. But hopefully, fingers crossed, everything will be good for Wednesday. So we'll talk to you again then. This was the Monday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.